Thank you for downloading the IA podcast. The episode you're about to listen to was originally featured as a video on the IA's YouTube channel, IA London. But we've taken the audio and we've turned it into a podcast so you can listen on the go. Enjoy. Hello folks, welcome to another episode of Swift Heart with Snowden. With me, Christopher Snowden. I've got my e-pipe this time, folks. I've had a few complaints about my other e-cigarette bubbling, making a bit too much noise near my microphone and, uh, and not looking very good. This, I think you'll agree, looks superb. It even glows at the end. And it's excellent for interviewing people. Um, and who better to be my first guest while I'm interviewing with a pipe than Ed West. He is a prolific journalist, the author of a number of books, including his most recent one, which is not actually called this anymore, Small Men on the Wrong Side of History, since being renamed uh, worldwide, I believe, is that right? I think so, yeah. To Tory Boy, yeah. which I don't like as much. I prefer the original, but you know. Is it selling more now it's, now it's called Tory no Boy? No idea. Publishers always yeah, say they know best, don't they? Oh, I don't know. The less I say, the better on that subject. But, but the book is subtitled, it presumably still is, is it? The decline, fall, and unlikely return of conservatism. I think it's been changed as well. But yeah, we'll, just, well. We'll, just, we'll just assume. <laughs> yeah. But that's what it's yeah. about. That's the that's, important yeah. point. It is about the decline, fall, and unlikely return of conservatism. The unlikely return, does that refer to the 2019 election? Because that must have blindsided you a little bit, did it? No, I think, uh, I think I just had to put a bit of fake hope in the end, because otherwise no. it would be too depressing. Um, yeah, the election was really bad news for me, because obviously... The book was written probably by the beginning of 2019, and then it came out at the beginning of 2020. Obviously, I didn't realise the massive plague as well. So I wrote this book about my pessimism, mm-hmm. and it came out the week that the coronavirus shut down the entire economy, including every book I shop. remember so not being able to I was to proved launch, right. launch due. Yeah, the launch due was postponed as well. I say postponed, I'm assuming it's cancelled now. But um, yeah, the election was also bad news, so I had kind of mixed feelings about that. On the one hand, we wouldn't have... Um, basically a communist government mm-hmm. under Corbyn, but on the other hand, it would be bad for my book sales because my book was basically about conservatism actually being in retreat. So, I mean, if it came out yeah. now, that'd be good. Now that Boris has come fluffed it and everyone hates him mm. and, uh, you know, Labour are 10 points ahead, now would have been an ideal time to bring it out. But your, your, part of your argument, at least, is that the Conservative Party aren't really conservatives anyway. So it works either yeah. way. Yeah. I know, it's a bit of a cop-out, isn't it? I mean, I do say I sound a bit like... It's a bit, you know, like... No true. Offensive. It's a bit Peter Hitchens, isn't Socialism it? Socialism never yeah, been tried. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whatever you do. But, I mean, I think this... I mean, on on certain issues, I think it's reasonable enough to... You know, the Conservatives haven't exactly... Well, 12 years, in and out, you know, basically, a Tory MP, a Tory Prime Minister, and they haven't exactly left their mark on the country. And well, it's they've banned... Be fair, they've banned plastic straws. Yep. They've stuff. put a tax on carrier bags, yep. on sugary drinks, yep. brought in plain packaging for tobacco. I mean, plenty of yeah. plenty well, of policies to, to look I mean, back if you on. Up, if you went to a coma done. in 2010, and you woke up now, and someone said, you know, you wouldn't exactly be be able to guess who who had been in charge for the last five years, no. judging by the the state of the country. Um, so, yeah. So my basic argument is, well, conservatism amongst people over a certain. I think we we are basically the last generation. Because people below, people born from the late 70s onwards are basically repulsed by... Mm. <laughs> I mean, we're on the cusp of the two generations, aren't we? Because I think you're about the same age as me. Yeah. Um, anyone younger is, is basically, you know, they just hates conservatism or Toryism or 
Yeah, and you don't think they're going to come around in, in later life? That's one of your main No, I mean, there is, I mean, I haven't just made this up. It is, there is like data showing that people tended to, people tended to become more conservative again in their 30s, mainly because, you know, they have children, they get married, and blah, 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 move to the suburbs. And um, then they start more, you know, voting for centre-right parties. Although there wasn't huge, I mean, the Tories did used to do quite well with young people. So that's slightly exaggerated, but that's no longer happening. People aren't becoming more conservative the other. In their yeah. lifestyle, they are sort of, but in right. their sort of politics, it just stays. It stays kind of. So it's actually a generational kind of. It's it's kind of. It's like the thing with church going that you know after a certain age, after the cutoff point, people just stop going to church. I mean, I mm. think the two things are kind of. I mean, I do think conservatism is kind of basically depends on the church. Yes, I know that that's not going to like that's not a realistic plan for government, isn't it? Get everyone to because <laughs> people just you know have like, alternative religions instead. That, you know, and do you think there's a direct connection between religious belief and conservatism? Because I mean, there's quite a not masses, but there's a, quite a bit of religion mentioned in the book. There's you seem to see yeah. the, the decline of both as being in some way connected. I think yes, because people need a sort of like moral, like lodestar, like a moral, a kind of belief system mm. that is. And, and conservatism is kind of a religious. It's not. It's not irreligious. It's not really. Um, I mean, conservatism in its original kind of ideological form was basically a response to religious and religion and politics. It was like opposing it because you know, the original religion and politics was the Puritans in the 17th century. So mm. conservative thinkers um, wanted to articulate a belief in sort of traditions and hierarchy in which this kind of radical religion would not play a part. And if people don't have a, a sort of religion that's their guiding spirit, then they just find it in politics. I mean, you know, the, what we, whatever you want to call it, like the new progressivism or wokeism, whatever you want to call it, it's very religious in, right. in nature. I mean, some, some overtly religious, but and even why, like my why kids... Why can't conservatism be like that? Why can't people contribute conservatism with that same kind of passionate belief? Well, because I think it's, part, it's partly it's a sort of state of mind. Where, um, uh, I, I mean, I think conservatism is defined really by not being on the left. That's, yeah. that's what are. So if you're not a believer in, in this kind of set of beliefs, yeah. you are by definition on the right. So, you know, like you're sort of libertarian and I'm, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sort of more... Uh, very conservative. I'm just concerned. I'm not very conservative. I'm very concerned. Like, <laughs> like a baddie. Well, you're one um, of the few people, really, in, in, in the media, at least, who like, is out and proud about being a conservative. There's you and Tim Stanley. I mean, and Hitchens. But and Hitchens, Hitchens he's right. Yeah. Older, but, I mean, you can literally you know, reel, reel off a few on, on a few fingers, can't you? Yeah. Uh, and I like that about you. You stand up and say, I am a conservative. I'm not a libertarian. I'm not a liberal, yeah. whatever. Um, and you do, in the book, actually give a very good definition of conservatism, I think. It's also a very funny book, by the way. Thank you. Thank you should do, do absolutely read it. I'm going to read it again soon. It's brilliant, brilliantly well written. Um, but you do give, I think, the, probably the best, as someone who hasn't read Burke and people, you know, yeah. uh, probably the best description of what conservatism means that I've, I've come across. I had Tim Stanley on the show um, a few months ago, and I was trying to get out of him what he thought conservatism means. It seemed to just come down to being reactionary, really, whereas you, I think, lay out the, the tenets of it so it's, yeah. not, it's not just being against things, not entirely, is it? Um, no, I mean, I suppose no one has really beaten Burke in his, in his descriptions, you know, um, and uh, Oakeshott as well, you know, it's a sort of belief in, I suppose it's again, I mean, it's anti-utopian, you know, primarily. Mm -hmm. And I think what we have now on the left is a sort of like a utopian, it's a sort of distant relation of communism. And it's communist vibes, but you know, without the really bad bits like the mass murder and mm -hmm. the economic insanity. 
Um, but it's, it's, you know, the left now is, is in that sort of utopian tradition of wanting, you know, to create a world that doesn't really take into account human nature. Right. You know, our sort of natural differences, difference in men and women, for example, um, genetics, stuff like that. Uh, conservatism is basically a sort of anti-utopian, uh, I mean, sort of, you know, it comes down to religion, a sort of anti, an, uh, an anti-religious, anti-religion in politics kind of movement. Um, and what's... What stops you being a libertarian? Because you, you write in the book that you kind of dabbled in libertarianism as a. As I thought I was when I was younger, and I just really wanted the pubs to open later, and that was my main thing. Um, isn't that reason enough? I'd say, I, I mean, that part of it is just lifestyle. I think I just. I think once you have become parent, it's harder to become a libertarian. I mean, libertarian does assume that everyone has their own um, has enough wisdom to make you make their own choices without some sort of like guiding. You don't have to be like completely authoritarian, but you do need some sort of, okay, this is the way to do it. This is what you should, this should be your default well, sort of lifestyle of, choice. It kind of assumes And we, the elders, are sort of telling you. I would say it's not that it assumes everybody is, has perfect knowledge yeah. or anything close to it. It just assumes that the government doesn't have more knowledge about your tastes and preferences than, than you do. I think that's the important distinction. Uh, yeah. I think maybe conservative, we just accept that men are basically wicked and evil and that, you know, Given the choice, we would probably and therefore all, indi- yeah, all indulging. I mean, and therefore you need a, a government of experts to. to lead, I don't need government experts, but I think, for example, the pub thing. I mean, it would be nice if we. I mean, there there need to be rules on alcohol because otherwise it would just be it would be like the Scottish Cup final from 1980 every every Saturday night in every city in England, wouldn't it? it would there would just be, you know, I mean, smoke. The smoking was a good one. For, I think when I at the time I was so angry about the smoking ban. Yes, and, and and this is all basically forced me to give up smoking because it just made it so impossible for me to smoke. And now looking back, I thought that's a great idea. That's I'm glad yes. the nanny state told me to stop smoking because you know my life is definitely better. This Even if I lost some freedom, that's the sort of you yeah. Know. You quite like it, don't you? You need the sort of firm hand of government. You you think it's a Catholic thing, don't you? You think it's yeah, basically. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, you need the sort of, <laughs> you need the guys running around in black telling me what to do. Well, you're very uh, you're full of guilt. And you well, need a sort of authority. Which you made me sound like some sort of t- the, tortured the Pope. sexual <laughs> masochist or something. Not, I mean, your, your, your words <laughs> are <right now. laughs> um, So, what's wrong with Boris Johnson's government? I mean, the. I think Boris Johnson is, you know, firstly, he's a journalist. He's fundamentally unsuited towards governing. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to be liked. You know, he's a lovable, comical figure, mm-hmm. and I think you know to rule, you need to be a bit, a bit immune to being hated. I mean, my thing about Boris is that he is more than sort of any other prime minister, basically born into the liberal league. As much as people say he went to Eton, but his, if you look at his family background, he is very much a sort of London liberal. Yeah, just absolutely. He, he went to Eton because his parents are very. Uh, ambitious, but if it's you know, sister in law is a garden journalist, his yeah. sister is a remain, his dad was an environmentalist, he, he, he lived in Islington. You know, you saw after the Brexit vote when people outside his house screaming at him, it wasn't just that the, you know, the public hated him, which politicians put up with, but those are his people, mm. these are the London liberals, um, which is fine. Which, as mayor of London, that's what you want in the Conservative. You're not going to get like a hanging flogging old style Tory, you know, backbencher running, but running the country, he's. He just wants to be sort of liked by the people he really needs to be taking on. I know he's obviously being distracted by the, the corona and you know, Brexit, but... So do you think if, if Boris um, were to go, which is... Bear in mind, he might have gone by, by the time... Yeah, right, yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. say, by the time this comes out, who knows. Um, 
You think if they get somebody a bit sounder and then they could be they could do the job, or do you think there's some kind of basic institutional problem now with the Conservative Party, which means that it will never be Conservative? Well, I mean, I don't mind the, the Conservative Party not being I don't, Conservative. I know it sounds a bit perverse, but I mean, the Conservative Party has always been a, a, a sort of alliance of Conservatives and the Liberals, isn't it? So, I mean, it was there to stop. I mean, Boris Johnson, whatever else he's done, his one contribution to British life is he stopped Jeremy Corbyn being elected. So, I mean, that alone, you should get, you know. A place in Poets Corner, a funeral at St Paul's, a couple of statues. You don't think anyone else could have done that? I didn't think. Uh, I didn't. I mean, I would have like if I was a member still, I would have voted for Jeremy Hunt, but I didn't think he would have. Might not have beaten him. Really? I don't know. I mean, probably election experts tell me I'm wrong, but Boris was very popular at the time, wasn't he? He has yeah, a sort yeah. of a natural. I mean, he's got natural affinity with the public, and he's naturally electable. But the people who are electable aren't necessarily the best. I mean, the idea would have been him as the kind of public man. And then someone, number two, just running things, basically. But it doesn't seem to work like that. Um, and there seems to be a lot of like, court drama going on, which yes. is just not good. Yes, there just seems it's to be just a lot that, of that. that uh, it's just too chaotic. I don't know. So who would you have in instead? I mean, there's not, I mean, not many what names <laughs> jump out, do they? I mean, I can't... Well, Rishi, obviously, Jeremy Hunt. I mean, Michael Gove is my choice, but I, mean, I think he's the most effective person. I know I said he's also a journalist. But he's another London well. liberal, isn't he? At least no, as much I think as Michael as Gove is. I think Michael Gove is a bit more sound, a bit more based. And really? Yeah, so I think he keeps it down a little bit, but um, I think Quite he's definitely more. banning things as well. Gove. A lot of things need to be banned, there, Chris. You know, it's just <laughs> I know I'm the I am the wrong place to say that. Um, I'd say Gove, but I don't think he's really like electable, is he? He's not really. I think the, the public just they want a sort of clownish figure, and that's what they're hmm. going to get. But I, you know, I, I, this my problem with Boris Johnson is not really. I don't really have any ideological problem with him because... He doesn't have ideology. He doesn't have ideology. I don't think that's necessarily... I just don't think he's very competent. And I, I, it's, a bit, it's a bit depressing that that's what we get, isn't it? I mean, there are more effects. I mean, it's not, like, I mean, it's not as bad as America, is it? I mean, they've got someone who's literally senile who beat Trump. I mean, that's... And then mm-hmm. you look at their choices. They're awful. Clinton v. Trump, then Trump v. Biden, who can't string a sentence together. But think Trump will be back? Well, I mean, <laughs> we do miss him, don't we? It would be funny. It's just, everything's empty. I mean, it's like a TV series when they get rid of, it's like when they get rid of, you know, Kevin Spacey and House yeah. Cards or something. It's just, I would it's just not the compromise same compromise and say, let him back on Twitter. That would be a reasonable halfway house to me. He doesn't need to be present again, but yeah. let, at least let him back on Twitter. I think he served his time, isn't he? I mean, they let the DI toller of, of Iran on Twitter. I mean, right. surely he's, got the he's more beyond the, beyond the pale, surely, than, than Trump. Do you think, um, quite a big question, this one, do you think Western civilization is basically finished? Well, I mean, ultimately, yes, isn't it? Um, Within what kind of time frame? No, I don't, I don't in know. In our lifetimes? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm not definitely not in our lifetimes. It depends when we die, doesn't it, really? Um, Let's assume another 40 years. No, I think, you know, I think it's obviously in decline relative to uh, other, other parts of the world. And, I mean, there are obviously signs of decadence, and you can... You know, on a basic level, this birth rate is unsustainable. Mm. So, I mean, if it continues on that birth rate, then it is basically doomed, isn't it? Yes, I just saw... Um, just me so many... Do you see the figures today? The uh, yes, just hit uh, the yeah. point at which, for the first time ever, more 30-year-old women don't have children than do. Right, so, yeah, I mean, that's... that's not, I, I mean, I think uh, that's kind of hit home more with COVID, didn't it? Because when they're waiting for the vaccines, when they're waiting to get through the old people... They said, oh, this time it's the, well, the 80 something, the 70 something, the 50. And I was waiting and saying, bloody hell, like, hurry, there's so many old people in Britain. <laughs> there's just so many of them. 
And then they said, all right, okay, now it's a fun. And like the next day, oh, it's third semester. Oh, the next day it's 20. Oh, and so the, the 12 young people left in Britain all mm -hmm. got those done. And I think at the time, I you know, went to staying a bit in Dorset last year. Was it last year? Yeah, last year. Dorset in some of the same places. Yeah. It's just so many old people all across There were even England. more before COVID. <laughs> uh, it's, it's slightly, you know, changes ratio. But, uh, yeah, the, I think uh, civilization is, is aging. But, I mean, uh, when, I'm not the worst. China is way ahead in that level now. In what respect? When yeah. their birth oh, rate's completely collapsed. Yeah, their birth rate's completely collapsed. I mean, it's basically... It's the problem sort of across, across the globe. Well, of course, Africa. a lot of people say the solution here is more immigration. Well, they're wrong, aren't they? They're, well, they're deviants. Do expand. Well, the whole immigration thing. Well, so that's a, that's a sort of part of conservatism, I think, which is a core part of it, um, which is that conservatism is, is you know, parochial. It means supporting things like national identity. Um, and it's obviously the most stigmatised and most dangerous, you know, the third wheel of conservatism. Um, because of the old events 80 years ago, which um, which make it unpalatable. But of course, if I want my country to, I want the people in my country to sort of exist and not be, uh, I hate to use the word replacement because that, that again that's kind of being stigmatised. But you know, immigration that's what it basically means. I mean, that's not really a solution to to falling birth rates just to sort of get other people into the country. Then at some point, then it's no longer recognisable as, as a country, is it? So what do we need to get the birth rate up then? I don't know. I mean, I'm the f no one wants sort of like you know an ugly middle-aged man. Giving You've them done love your advice. Bit, I, I have a children. I've mated. Yes. Yep. Quite fertile. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, well, actually, I mean, to be fair, there is one glaring issue which which comes into a lot, which comes into the book, which mm -hmm. is housing costs is yep. a massive problem. Um, there is definitely a correlation between housing costs and fertility and between both those things and how right-wing people are. Yeah. So one of the reasons people aren't getting more conservative is because it's too expensive to have kids um, so, and it's too expensive to have property. So obviously if you're 30-something and you can't afford a home and then you can't afford a family, there's not really much reason to become a conservative, is there? I mean, I joined the party, I think, soon after having kids. Yeah. Uh, and then I left in disgust. In fact, I only really joined so I could leave in disgust. But <laughs> it was the sort of process where I thought, you know, now I'm, now I'm probably like a middle-aged fart. I can do yeah. the And then the you thing. chopped up your membership card and tweeted it yeah, uh, that's in a response to some, yeah. something you can't something, even remember yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something I actually probably agree with now. Um, yeah, so I mean, the housing, the housing cost is... And, you know, this year again, housing has gone up and up again. And, I mean, that is... Well, do we know? I think that's probably killing Do we know? I mean, I don't know what the evidence is. Do we know for, for sure that that is the reason people are having fewer children? Or is it just deciding that it's really a pain to have three or four children and they'd rather have one? Which is basically what I did. I think there's, def there's definitely a fair amount of evidence that housing costs put down fertility. A lot of it's just, you know, it's just modernity, isn't it? I mean, my grandmother was one of seven and her mother was one of ten. And, you know, you'd you'd, you wouldn't want to do that these days unless you had to. Mm. I mean, they wouldn't. Which yeah. you do if you're Catholic, of course. Well, I mean, even Catholics have sub-replacement fertility. Even churchgoers, they're having less. I mean, they're obviously, they're obviously not exactly obeying the rules. Or I mean, I don't know, parents' rules, private lives. But um, yeah, that, that's happening everywhere. It's just the cost, it's the cost of living. But I think housing is you know, an area where the government could do something concrete. And, and then uh, you know, Michael Gove wants to do something about that. But the street votes policy, which is, I think he's in favour of, which would allow people to make... Uh, you know, the houses in their streets, high density. Mm -hmm. um, that's one, one clever idea, but you know, until they sort that out, then 
Don't you will. think playing devil's advocate here for a second? Don't you think yeah. if, if the, even if the government managed to build you know, half a million homes a year, wouldn't a vast number of them get snapped up by not necessarily buy to let people, but yeah. it's just as investments because we've got high inflation, hot property prices keep going up, people need somewhere to live, there's a shortage. Um, why, would, why, why would we assume that these are necessarily just going to go to normal home buyers? Um, I think, gen, I mean, gen, I mean uh, on the basic level, I think it comes down to demand and supply. I mean, I think if you built more houses, they would become cheaper. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure, I'm I mean, sure some of them. Well, rents yeah. would definitely yeah. fall. I'm not saying this wouldn't happen. Yeah. I'm basically massively in favour of building new houses. But it's, it seems at least possible. that. The, uh, I mean, I'm sure. In uncertain times, uh, the best, probably better than gold, the best investment is anything in British property because the price is not going to go down. And then you rent it out. And yeah, okay, rents yeah. go down. But that's still not giving people the possession of a house, which you know, you're saying I th- makes people yeah. have more children than Victoria. Yeah, I, I think overall, I'm sure that, I mean, isn't it, I read that McDonald's actually make more money from property than burgers now. And there was a, really? it, might, it was a Twitter thread, it might not be true. Um, and also with a, there was a big watch company, which apparently is all just property. I mean, that's how you yeah, make right. money, yeah. Well, there we go. Um, yeah, I'm sure that happened, but I, I think having, I mean, our, our housing situation is like desperate now, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. um, was, <laughs> Even after COVID again. And it's gone up. I mean, we. At the, it's funny because at my daughter's, uh, like, away, like leaving day under COVID, and all the kids, hundred kids, and like, like twenty five of them were asked to speak. What are you going to do in ten years' time when you grow up? And every single one except one said, "I want to have my own flat." Mm-hmm. And I just imagined, I just imagined Christine Nimitz selling them. <laughs> You'll never have your own home because of the because of the NIMBYs. It's <laughs> uh, so like that, that's like a real you know ambition, and it was quite the norm. Mm-hmm. to live in your own flat or to live in flat with friends in a sort of reasonable central area of London. And it's always been the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, it, that's really impossible for a lot of people, isn't it? So that yeah. is quite depressing. It is, very, everything's depressing. That's very, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, w- the Western civilization's come uh, to an end. You can't be happy about it, can no. um, You're on Substack now. Yep. So you've been at various outlets over the years. That's a very prolific and very interesting, thought-provoking journalist. Uh, now on Substack, uh, where, which I don't, I mean, I, 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 I'm not a, well, I blog a lot. Yeah. I'm not on Patreon, I'm not on, no. we're on Patreon, I'll tell you about that later on, folks. Um, but I've never never got involved with that, and I've never really subscribed to anybody's uh, Substack. Is this the way forward, do you think, for journalists in a declining media market? Yeah, uh, it's, um, well, I mean, it pays, it pays quite well, so that's, which is unusual well, only, if you get, only if you get the, the subscribers. I think, yeah, I mean, someone described it as, uh, another Substack has described it as OnlyFans for ugly people, which is... Uh, yeah, right, I guess. I don't, you might not have heard of OnlyFans. So, um, I've heard of it, yeah. so again, I'm not subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think, uh, like in that model, there's a sort of um, it's a long tail that few people make a lot of money, but obviously most people get shekels. So what's, what's, the, key, what's the key to making money from it? You, you I don't know, yeah, I'm... I'm um, <laughs> I mean, Let yeah, I'm start, so yes, I, um, the, you know, the, the audience sort of builds up and then once you've got the audience, I mean, I guess you, you, you sort of charge and some people pay and then it's, it's a kind of a new model. It seems to be working mm. a lot with a lot of people. A lot of substackers have done pretty well. Because um, I, I mean, it's obviously very appealing and journalism is not what it was as a career, if you no. know, to, to put it mildly. Well, the only thing that strikes me about it is you, there's some people who you kind of, you're aware of as journalists, and then they go in basically behind this paywall, and you're kind of you forget all about them really. I mean, Laurie Penny is one. I mean, it's not somebody I particularly want to. I am surprised. Follow, you right? But I remember Laurie Penny being a yeah. thing, you know, ten years ago, and now she's behind a Patreon wall or one of these, 
one of these things. I'm sure and she's, she's probably, probably doing yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's probably making making a lot of money. But in terms of like being a a public figure, if you like, it, it does seem like you're almost taking the cash over the the influence. Do you know what I mean? That's uh, that's the best of both worlds, isn't it? Surely you get more yeah. money. Plus, all the people who hate you probably won't see you anyway. So well, the, you know, the, the model before is you get paid pittance, and then everyone hates everyone you. Everyone sees you. Most of your hate, you can just get hate clicks, and everyone's shouting you, calling you all various things. You know, and you know, I say, "Oh, great, I'm a journalist," and you come home often despised by the entire world. Do you get this a lot of hate on Twitter? I you set my um, devotion on Twitter, don't you? Maybe I don't know. I set my thing so I can only see what people say if they if they follow me. I did oh, that. I was yeah, I was quite tweeted by a really really stupid and and. Uh, uh, Labour MP and another famous lawyer and a radio presenter. For some, I think it was some very innocuous article. I think it was that one where I said that children should be allowed to work. Um, oh, child labour, pro-child labour. Pro-child labour, yeah. yeah. If you phrase it like that, I suppose yeah. it sounds a bit like, which I believe. Um, I mean, I, wasn't, I, I said they should shouldn't be allowed in certain industries like mines and stuff. Oh. But otherwise, oh. they should be in the office and like age 12 or 13. A bit wet, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. Chimneys, all right. Um, well, it depends. I think there have to be some sort of regulations. But yeah, and I got yeah. So it was <laughs> I think I, I tweeted once something that dared to question whether Marcus Rashford might be writing all his tweets, and I got quite <laughs> a lot. I mean, I'm sure he writes most of them, and he thinks deeply about them. But I got loads. I mean, I got more hate for that. I got like 500 abuse messages. That got more hate than, than Marcus Rashford got for missing a penalty, which <laughs> which, which cost us the European Championship. Yeah, well, no. possibly. So, but they can only hate you by quote tweeting you. They can't respond directly. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, I can't even see them. So they quote tweet me, but I wouldn't even know. I can only see what people are saying about me if they follow me. So if it doesn't, so oh, so it, all these people who are hating on you, they they're your followers. No, 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 they're not. How would you because I've because I changed it since then. After after oh, I got I loads of views, I realised I realised you could actually change settings, and so you're blissfully unaware. So I just think well, that doesn't matter, does it? Just screaming into the wind. Well, you see, you really but are. You are re retreating from the world, aren't you, really? I'm just retreating from you're people who disagree not, with me. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that, right? You're but they have nothing hiding behind to your paywall and yeah. blocking anybody who doesn't follow you from, from uh, replying. Interesting. I mean, I, 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 mean, I know that's, this is hostage fortune, but I think a lot of the, oh, Twitter is a sewer of abuse is, is kind of uh, overplayed, isn't it? I think people make a bit of a drama for it. Most people, most people who yeah, become yeah. like... Who get loads of abuse, sort of dish it out as well. It's kind of sort of like you know, cr crime amongst gangs, isn't it? Most most of the people <laughs> who get shot are sort of in. They're not innocent bystanders, are they? They only do it so, to each other. Yeah, it's it's you know it's Corbynites versus anti Corbynites, but it's a sort of. I think mean, I do think know. it is a sewer of abuse. I just don't I just don't mind. Yeah, yeah I, I mean it's just st sticks and stones comes to mind. Yeah, I just don't know why these people complain about it so much. Just block them. Yeah, you block I people. You'll never hear from them again. How many, yeah, people, do you how many people do you block? I'm nearly up to five thousand now. Really? I, Two I years ago, I wasn't like even 10. up to one thousand. Oh, really? No, yeah. I just block immediately. I mean, I agreed your article when you said that was a very good article about why I should block rather. Yeah, don't it was mute. you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Block, right. Don't mute. Um, which actually changed my view, but uh, I think yeah, there's only like ten or eleven. Like, and some there's like dangerously mental people. I, I think who actually, I, I really, what you know, might come and kill me, but. You the rest of them. Has, well, I mean, has, I has, it, has anyone who's ever this is a serious question? Has anybody who's ever made a death threat on Twitter followed through with it ever? No, and, no. and this is. I mean, this is again. This, you know, when you see people, oh, they made death threats. So, death threats in the old days. I mean, someone actually go and write you a letter. I mean, that, yeah. That's a Chop real bits death. Of newspaper that's exactly the old-fashioned old yeah. kidnappers way. Um, that that was a proper death threat. Phoning someone up. 
I mean, my mum, you know, got them in the sort of the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, not a huge number, but one or two. And that's, that's the same in Twitter. It doesn't mean from an anonymous account. That's not really a, de- a death threat, is it? I agree. Is that a controversial thing to say? Well, I don't probably, yeah. yeah. We'll probably get a lot of hate now from... Fine, this is behind the table, people who, it, right? who follow you. Yeah, exactly, I won't see, so it doesn't matter. They might stick it in the YouTube comments. So if you want to send me some hate, or Ed, some yeah. say... Pop it in the YouTube uh, comments. We'll be fascinated to see. Yeah, it. or at Ed West, but if you don't follow me, I won't see, so it doesn't mean making the difference. There you go. Or you can get his yeah. email address somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, or even his physical address. <laughs> I'm looking up at the clock because I think we're up to I think we're up to 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, it is a swift half. We call it a swift half because it's only half an hour. We don't want to take up too much of your time. Hope you've uh, enjoyed it. I certainly have. Yep. Thanks very much for coming. Ed, thanks, Chris. Thanks very much for watching you guys on YouTube. I mentioned the Patreon before, and with good reason, because you can, sub- uh, well, not subscribe, I don't know what you do. Maybe you do subscribe. You can give us money on it anyway. Yeah. Um, and if you give us money on Patreon, it goes specifically to digital output just like this, and it's not cheap to produce, I can assure you. And you can probably tell that from the, uh, the quality of uh, these interviews. So you can go to patreon.com slash London, or if you want to do it the old-fashioned way and just give us a, a, an anonymous donation, we will not reveal um, your name, of course. We're a top-rated think tank when it comes to donor confidentiality. It's iea.org.uk slash donate. Or just stick us um, some cash in an envelope. Just address it to Chris and Ed. We don't need to, well, don't need to get involved in anything else. Um, <laughs> we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Owen. Goodbye. Cheers, Chris.